I'm Sabrina Petrofessa. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. And we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Not bad, huh. right? Not bad. I went into it, even though you told me that, like, you texted me, like, I actually liked that one. You're like, that one was actually good. I was like, oh. And I'd seen a lot of the reviews saying it was really good. But I still went into this one with, like, really low expectations. Because I always enjoy watching the Guardians movies the first time. Like, I have a fun time with them in the theater first weekend. It's great. Um, but I don't expect them to be have, like, staying power with me, you know? Yeah. And also, oh, I yeah. walked into this one thinking, um, spoilers ahead. I, I don't know why we keep... I don't know why I feel needed to say that. That's how all of our episodes go. I walked into this one convinced Rocket was gonna die. Oh, for sure. For Everyone sure. did. Everyone thought he was gonna die. I kind of like how it ended up. But, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, I mean, I have some thoughts. So basically, the plot of the movie is oh should i do stats or do you want to do plot oh yeah do do stats do stats and then we'll do plot. it'll be fast because it just yeah. came out um by just came out i mean what was thursday or was it friday the fourth cinco de mayo it came out okay so it came out may 5th 2023 directed and written by james gunn his last project with the mcu i assume because now he's gonna head over and helm dc um, our cast is our big returning cast. So we have Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Palm uh, Clementif, Clementif as Mantis, Dave Batista as Drax, Karen Gillan as Nebula, Vin Diesel as Groot, um, Chris Pratt as Peter. That's them. Zoe Chris. Saldana as, uh, not Nebula. Gamora. Gamora. And then the big villain... Oh, I should have looked up how to say his name before I turned on the microphone. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Please hold. I'm going to look up how to say his name. So do forgive me. We just had a brief interlude because I realized I did not look up this actor's name before the episode. And based off the very quick interview I just watched on YouTube right now, we're going to go with Chuck uh, Woody uh, as playing the High Evolutionary, a.k.a. the big bad doctor villain. Um... Am I forgetting anybody? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, like, there were a couple of other people. Craglin, Sean Gunn, you know, our regulars. Yeah, um, Nathan Fillion new... was insane. I liked, see- I liked seeing yeah. him. Um, Adam, as soon as I find him, that's new. Oh, 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 I, I should know Will. his name. Will. Will. Where'd you go? Will Poulter. Poulter. Yes. Yeah. That is Eustace from Narnia? Uh, oh, I recognize he was the Maze Runner boy, wasn't he? He was in Maze Runner, but he was not the Maze Runner boy. Oh, okay. Dylan O'Brien is the Maze Runner boy. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I mean, I think there's a bunch of them. I have no idea. Okay, anyway, this is really off topic. Um, <laughs> okay, that's our cast. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, tagline of Earth's Maze Fangirls is Earth's Maze Fangirls. This is really off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the plot of the movie is, um, Rocket gets really hurt in the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie and is basically like, oh, if we don't get the, if we don't figure out this, like, thing with what's wrong with him, um, then he's gonna die. And they, the thing that's wrong with him is that there's, like, a kill switch on his heart, basically, from the people who created him. It's kind of like if you go into, if you open the back of your iPhone wrong, it will self-implode because Apple doesn't want people to mess with the inner technology. Yeah. That's what's on Rocket's heart. Basically, yeah. So the whole movie yeah. is just them racing to save Rocket's life. And we're also getting mm-hmm. um, in-between cutscenes, uh, like flashbacks of how Rocket came to be and he was created by a guy called the high evolutionary and the high evolutionary mm-hmm. his whole shtick is creating playing god playing god and like creating entire yeah. species and when he mm-hmm. realizes that it like doesn't work out he just commits genocide and starts over mhm right and so far the idea, the reason he gets hurt is because he sends adam who we see at the very end of guardians 2 Right? He's, he's the gold one. Yes. 
Um, so Adam's entire race, that whole entire golden people was created by the high evolutionary and the, the high, high Ev wants Rocket back. He realized Rocket's still out and about and, um, is... It's not that he realized that Rocket is still out and about. He realized that Rocket was the most intelligent being he ever created. So he wants to be able to study Rocket to give that ability because at some point in the movie he's saying like look at look at these beings they are Mm -hmm. capable of such great thought but they're not actually capable of invention they're only capable of um rote memorization which is not Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. good the only being that he was ever able to create that has um the ability like creativity was rocket and mm -hmm. right right um so that's why he's really after Rocket because he's like all like, oh no, like I created such a superior mind and such a shitty body. Um, mm-hmm. And he wants to be able to study the brain. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. And I, okay. I think the High Evolutionary is a very boring bil- villain. Yes. I was bored. He did a great job. Oh, it was, he was, a, a gr- the actor did a great job, Chuck. I yeah. really... Especially, my roommates and I were talking about it, considering I don't know what or what props he... Or what, like, puppets or whatever. He did all of that, incre- like, in very intense acting to things that weren't there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good for him. And I, I, like... I just was bored of him. Like, I... Yeah. I guess at the end of the day while I think that the movie was funny and I think there was a lot more heart in the movie and there were genuine points where like I I was surprised because from the trailer it's not what I thought it was gonna be and like Mm -hmm. I I had moments where I felt like I was gonna cry um right and and that doesn't knock the movie it like I'm just not an I'm not an easy crier (laughs) right so I I so to say that like I felt like I was about to cry is like kind of like big deal because I don't usually feel that mm-hmm. way when I'm watching movies. Um, mm-hmm. at, so like there was like a really good emotional center. Rocket as the emotional center. Rocket as the driving force of of the movie and mm-hmm. um, the lengths they're willing to go for each other. The lengths they're willing to go for for him was great, uh, but the villain was boring. Mm-hmm. And um, I just keep going back to like what was the thesis of the movie? The so yeah so I think the thesis the thesis of hang on wait a minute so all guardians ever is is a fun romp found family like they are that's the whole point of the Guardians of the Galaxy is they're a found family and then this one was just kind of like tying up loose ends for the franchise sending actors off making sure that you feel good about where the characters will leave off. And that's, yeah, that I think that's the thesis of the movie. Other than just being like, you're greater than your maker? Because, I don't know. It was also, that was that was it. That was all I got. Yeah, I, I, that, but it was, I think that's ultimately why the Guardians movies don't sit, sit with me. Because mm. um, I, I think at the end of the day, I feel like as a movie... They're not saying much. As a as mm-hmm. a series, they're not saying much. Like the first the first one is great because it is a coming together and like um mm-hmm. definitely after the, we were we were meant to do this before the movie came out. We were meant <laughs> to do like a rewatch of, of the first two movies uh-huh. to discuss yeah. before going into it because historically they're not our favorite movies and also we kind of did crap jobs at those two episodes anyway so we kind of wanted to revisit both of them Mm -hmm. um and we did not do that clearly no Uh, which was stupid because we both were like oh no what are we gonna talk about this week (laughs) (laughs) i wonder what we could have talked about the two weeks of the galaxy three well you know the thing we've been talking about for weeks wow so dumb of yeah. us, right? But um, we're not—we're not the most put together. It's okay. Yeah. Sometimes, it's we, why sometimes this podcast we are. is free. Sometimes we are. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're not. No. 
But the first movie is like a classic coming together. It is very much the thesis of that movie is found family. Like you, mm-hmm. you create the family that you want, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It's an amazing. It's it's like an a, a, like an amazing kind of like a moral, not moral, but like it's, it's a yeah, great theme. thing to theme to say yeah. in your movie, right? Um, volume two is like oh sins of the father or sins of the father but like that's kind of been the whole thing because in the first one it was the sins of the father but with gamora now it's the sins of the father but with peter Mm. now it's the sins of the father but with rocket and it's not even like the sins of the father i mean not with rocket it's not really sins of the father but like it's all it yeah it's all your past doesn't define you your past doesn't define you but like that i feel like that is a lot of what these movies are saying anyway. I think, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. by volume three, it's getting repetitive. Right, yeah. It's getting repetitive. So maybe not necessarily that, like, why the first two movies don't gel with me um, <laughs> are because of that thesis or that that theme. But I think by now mm-hmm. I'm a little bit like, okay, and? Right, yeah. Cause yeah, it's a good message, but it to uh, an, uh, an entire franchise repeat it like repeat it again and again. Yeah, and I yeah. like obviously there was stuff that they had to deal with in this one, like how do how do you get Gamora back into the into the fold, and how do we get mm-hmm. <clears throat> like <sighs> how do we get uh, how, how do we how do we like deal with the fact that some of them were blipped but also they didn't even really mention any of that at all and no they just moved on they moved on and honestly at this point i I don't want to really deal with i don't want to be stuck on that so that was a good thing i'm not actually complaining about that but yeah the only thing that they really had to deal with was the gamora of it all and i think they did that pretty well yeah which i like how they did it yeah i think it did it pretty well because so the idea is peter is uh, very very hung up on Gamora's like mourning yeah. grief lost he lost her and the Gamora that is physically there doesn't want anything to do with them because it's not her it's not theirs it's she didn't live the life with them so on and so forth so he's pretty down now um but she has become a ravager and um Nebula is in touch with her because they have a they have a, a relationship in this universe so good I mean, for they them. had a relationship in the past um, universe that's why her dying for Nebula was so horrible but because because this Gamora also had a history with Nebula, it's a lot easier to pick up that relationship again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you mean. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're still in touch, um, and Nebula, they that's how she gets written into yeah. the movie, pretty much. But she... And, like, Peter keeps looking at her and keeps talking to her. Like, you don't remember? Like, come back. And she's like, "I that's not me anymore. You need to let it go. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And... The other thing I really liked about the third one is it's not a Peter movie. Yeah. It's a cast movie. It's definitely... It's really nice to see that. It's definitely more of a cast movie. I think Peter definitely... I mean, it, it sort of takes a backseat. Like, the main... If I were to if I yeah. were to name a main character of this movie, it would be Rocket. Despite the fact Absolutely. that, like, the Rocket that we know is asleep for most mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of it. And I... I yeah. And they kept, like, threading in early on, oh, like, why don't you want to go back to Earth? Don't you still have family there? What about your grandfather? Like, right. they kept threading that in early on. So I didn't... Frankly, did not care. I didn't necessarily... That conversation also came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily think that that meant that he was going to, like, you know, hang his hat, no longer lead the Guardians kind of situation. Yeah. But... Um, I definitely knew that there was going to be like, a, oh, he shows up at his grandfather's door at the end of this. Also, actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. What is what? If the thesis is found family, then why is this man going back to his like blood family? Biological. Yeah. The one family. Yeah. And and like not to say that his his grandfather is a bad person, right? And that he shouldn't have done that. But I, I right. feel like it does kind of go outside of what the thesis of the movie is or what the theme of the movie is. Yeah. Generally. I think the other thing is just like no longer running from your past. Yeah. So he had to do that. And, and I don't know. It wasn't my favorite way to write out a character or to retire a character. 
but it 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 was what we got. And I'm but like, you know what? There's gonna come ways. back. That was the, okay. We'll get to that at the end because it's the lot. It's the end. But yeah, that really threw me. That really threw me. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, they I really like what they did with Gamora because they were Peter throughout the movie was like we just saw him like it finally clicked. She yelled at him, um, and it finally clicked. Like this isn't who he thinks it is, and he needs like this is a new person. Yeah. Um, so I liked that for her. For her. Drax and Mantis got a lot more, like, screen time and uh, fulfillment as characters. Yes. Which was nice. Um, Groot, I think we're dealing with, like, a 20-year-old, like, not 20, but you know, like, in the third one, he was a teenager, right? This one is, yeah, like, now he's like, a young he's adult. Like a young adult. Yeah. Um, so good for him. He's he's there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What I will say about the, plot. the Gamora plotline, though, actually, yeah. is that they kept saying she just she just needs to remember us. Uh, do they not have an understanding that literally this Gamora was plucked from the past and brought to them? Like, it is not. She never lived. It's not that she lost her memory. She never lived those experiences, and she. Okay, won't. that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. Um. And I think the Nebula definitely understood that's what was happening. Yes. The others, I think it took... I, Peter was definitely last. But wasn't Nebula the one who said, like, she just doesn't remember? Oh, maybe. I don't remember. Because I feel like that's Nebula true, was the one who said that. Yeah. And I was like... It's not a memory confused thing. confused by that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, like, I guess I liked the scenes of Peter and Gamora talking and being, and, and Peter being like, Hey, like, mm-hmm. um, I, like, I know that you're still in there. And she's like, you don't know me. Like, mm-hmm. we are not the same. You don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. You kept saying his name wrong at the beginning, which like <laughs> was probably a bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I, but I think Generally, what I liked about Gamora was Gamora and Nebula. I liked mm-hmm. seeing them interact and have that like sisterly right kind of uh, dynamic. Yeah. I really liked that about them. I liked being able to see them figure uh, out their relationship without Thanos in between them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think that was really a good part of the uh, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is. I I took like very very like minimal notes because ultimately I don't have like a ton to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that's all I have to say about like the, the like the the like the center of the movie, like the the beginning to middle of the movie. Honestly, <laughs> like because it's very it's very run of the mill. Yeah. Okay, like. We gotta break into this guy's lab. We gotta find Rocket. Mm-hmm. The kill, the how to disable Rocket's kill switch. They break into the lab. They get his file. That part of the thing is not in the file. They have another plan. They find the guy who has the thing with the file, which is the guy, which is actually an actor from Superstore. And I was like, oh my god! Oh, the, I, I keep forgetting um, he's in Superstore. He's in Crazy Rich Asians. Nico Santos. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. I forget about that. Um... So I was like, oh my god, Mateo. Uh, and then, you know, they, they get him, they kill him, they take his technology that has Rocket's uh, kill switch thingy in it, and they save Rocket. Yep. Um, and that was the, that, that was kind of that. Actually, actually, what I will say is that the, the parts of the movie that I, I really enjoyed and I really felt like the the tug heart the tugged heartstrings and everything was Rocket's uh, flashbacks. Absolutely, I think that that was a really well done outline of his history, mm-hmm. and it, it very clearly lays out like why he would never talk about it. Mm-hmm. I I kind of liked when they when the team was like forced to watch mm-hmm. what they did to him. When Nebula says, this is worse than anything Thanos ever did to me. Which is nuts. That's nuts. That's so That's bad. Insanity. She is, like, the the things he's done to her, you know? Oh my god. Yeah. She has definitely experienced the most torture out of the entire group. So to say mm-hmm. that, it, well, to, 
the group present outside of Rocket. So it's like kind of insane to to realize that thought, how badly he was treated, um, which you can definitely infer. And so, and also his relationship with um, Floor, Tiffs, and Lila. Yeah, the other animals. The The other animals, yeah. I, I, I agreed, and I think that's mostly what a lot of... I was very surprised because I knew that we were going to get his backstory. I didn't expect that much. Like, we would devote that much time and flashback scenes to him. They were really good. Mm-hmm. I loved getting that, that moment for Rocket instead of him just being, like, the funny, smart guy. The one who's, like, clearly had a bad past, but they're not, they're not going to get into it, you know? Um, and yeah, yeah. the other thing that got me... And I was mentioned it to the others is like, there's something about, cause Rocket is the last of the like animal ones that we see. Um, and there's something about the Batch way 89. Yeah. That he's animated and the way he looks where like, he's kind of clean. We're like in this world of MCU creatures, you, you see like the funny talking raccoon and blah, blah, blah. And even though, you know, he's been like horribly abused he doesn't like. He still looks like a raccoon. Versus when you mm-hmm. finally meet the other animals and you see all of the things that have been done to them, like poor Floor. Floor, I think, was one of the I most know, visceral Floor. because we see her the most. Teefs, you don't. Who's a walrus? Floor is a bunny. Teefs is a walrus. Lila's a, the, the otter, an otter. And you kind of it, that's when you, for me, it really hit of just like, oh, he like. This is a, <laughs> a deeply messed up laboratory. And it was just like, mm-hmm. I appreciated isn't a good word, but I would just found it very visually striking. The difference in like how clean Rocket is presented. And then you, he's contrasted immediately with like his friends. So, okay. Um, I feel like not i i don't know if clean is the word that you're looking for mm. but rocket is the most able-bodied mm-hmm. of the four of them yeah because he can put on the, a shirt the other and cover three up. not not even like covering up his scars i mean physically able-bodied right like, the other three all have is, um, is the animatronic that's not the word no uh my God, what is it called when you don't have a limb and then you have a have a metal arm, a mechanic prosthetic? Yes. Um. So they all have like, I mean, not literally prosthetics because they're like machinery mm-hmm. for all of them, but uh, like Teefs has uh like wheels mm-hmm. for 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 feet. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, T- Floor has uh, what I can only compare to that creepy doll yeah from they're like um, Toy spider Story, legs where the head mechanical. the doll head is on the like the the like mechanical legs yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah that that's the only thing i can compare her to because that kind of and her mouth yeah, was that's j- yeah. shut like metal trap oh, shut her, yes yeah it was um and then lila had like mechanical arms mm-hmm um, so I, th- I think that was the other thing that was interesting to me. Uh, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that people with disabilities who like think more on this probably have way more to say about the disability ability mm-hmm. aspect of this, because, um, quite frankly, what the, the high evolutionary was trying to do was eugenics. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's, that's what he was trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. So the second he created a species and was like, oh, you're not the perfect species. You are not the height of what we can possibly bring mm-hmm. here. That means you are not worth living. And that's basically like a very simplified version of eugenics mm-hmm. uh, because the, the goal of eugenics was to breed out mm-hmm. flaws. Right. In, and, and, and in eugenics, flaws are racial, mm-hmm. disability, mm-hmm. sexuality, basically anything that doesn't fit the like yeah, yeah neurodiger neurodivergent like anything that doesn't fit the the image of a white straight mm-hmm. neurotypical body. 
they probably I probably fatness was also probably one of those things but like mm. um so he was, he was basically doing eugenics and and he says flat out to to rocket like you guys are never going to go to the 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 new world mm-hmm. because you're not meant for it because you're not perfect and you don't deserve it mhm mhm that's when rocket realizes they got to so, get out and 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 that was honestly that was honestly i think like the most terrifying thing not terrifying like heartbreaking yes thing because rocket you see every time he goes out with uh the high evolutionary to speak mm-hmm. um he steals pieces of technology and he goes back to his cage and he builds some I shit i didn't realize he'd been doing that the whole time and it's great yeah. right. the whole time like he he's been building this thing but like he's been fo- like he believes that the high evolutionary is going to take them to the new world that they're like that mm-hmm. they're part of the plan that he's part of the plan mm-hmm. um so the second he realizes he's not he gets taken back to his cage and he immediately starts building all the stuff that he's had hidden in his cage mm-hmm. and creates like an exit strategy yeah um yeah. which he and, and hangs on to <laughs> for his entire life i know that got me the fact that he can't hung on to that he kept it for forever like it was just his you know we, everyone has their little thing that they hang on to peter has his music player and that was rockets yeah <sighs> that was rockets and he he opened the cage and lila comes out and she says it really is great to have friends and then immediately dies immediately because dies. the high evolutionary kills her mm-hmm. and then Teeth's and Floor are in the cage screaming, Rocket Teeth's Floor go, Rocket Teeth's Floor go, Rocket Teeth's Floor go. Like, we're, mm-hmm. they we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave. This is the moment where Rocket chooses violence. Yep. Scratches the crap out of the high evolutionary's face, mm-hmm. takes his gun, and shoots everybody coming after them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but by the time he turns around and is like, can I be like, let's go? Mm-hmm. Tiefs and Floor are also dead. Yeah, from the guards shooting at him. From the guards shooting. So he, like, books it, he leaves. Yeah. And the, that was honestly the most... That was the part... That was the most heartbreaking part of the movie. That was the part that I was like, I could cry. I could cry watching this. Yeah. He... Because the other thing that we're watching as all of this happens is he was... We watched Rocket's story from the beginning. We The whole thing is he's a, a tiny, tiny baby in a crate with many other raccoons. And you see the hand come in, and I think that's where the movie starts, right? That's how the movie starts. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we're watching Rocket grow up, and at this point, he's really, he's still, like, I don't know, a, a teenager? He's wildly young, like, adolescent-ish um, yeah. in, if, in human brain capacity. Um, so he just, he just went through one of the, on top of many traumas, one of the worst things, he just watched all his friends die, and now he has to get out of here. Um yeah, and so it's just you're watching this poor raccoon grow up like that. Yeah, and he's been running from that ever since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the full circle moment at the end of the movie. So Rocket has been healed. Yeah. Um, and they they're trying to save everybody on the ship. Mm-hmm. who wants to be saved and get them onto nowhere. Right. The um, other thing is. Um, so the second Earth, this counter Earth that where they're parked, where the ship is parked, um, is this full of this mega evolved animal race. That that was the last race Rocket that had Rocket seen. helped build because mm-hmm. um, of his original thought. And then the High Evolutionary decided it wasn't good enough and just exploded the planet. And he's going to try again. And in the belly of the ship, in the cargo hold of the ship, are just tons of children. That's why the Guardians are trying to evacuate the ship. Here, Here's where my... I guess here, here is the other, like, sticking point I have, yeah. right? Is that they get onto that, they get onto New Earth. Mm-hmm. And New Earth is, you know, like you said, all those animal species. Um, they land in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And Peter manages to... Um, endear himself to one of the the inhabitants inhabitants of this planet um and she helps him out they like 
they get in his car. I really liked the jokes about like, I left it when I was eight. Yeah. Why would I know how to drive a car? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And he's probably driving like a manual car. So yeah. like having to figure out the clutch. I don't know how to drive a manual car. I only drive yeah. an automatic. I don't know how to do that. So like that is kind of even funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had that thought, but he's driving around and they, they see that like, they were in the suburbs, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't like, I, I hate saying it, but like like a ghetto or like an inner city or like a, a oh, you know like a right class disparity. You know, like yeah, class disparity. Yes, thank you, class disparity. Yeah. Um, so I was literally like watching so many shameless cl- clips earlier, and they were just like calling it that, and I was like, yes, <laughs> not yeah. yes, but like those were the words. Right. Yeah, in that was my the only word. Yeah. Brain. Um, yeah. There's like a lot of class disparity happening, like. Peter uh, drives by someone with like like a drug deal and like all mm-hmm. it's all like shady shit like the bad part of town kind of situation mm-hmm. and I think like what bothers me I mean ultimately like the high evolutionary is like a capitalist he thinks that like creating He's, like, the epitome of a capitalist. He's a god or whatever. Like, he thinks that creating a perfect species right. means getting rid of all of those issues. But really, like, it frustrates, mm-hmm. it frustrates me to watch because I'm, like, those issues don't go away because, like, you are trying to create, like, a higher, you know, uh, being. But, like, higher beings mm-hmm, are not mm-hmm. incapable of violence or incapable mm-hmm, of, like, mm-hmm. bad actions Higher beings are, in- are right. capable of all And there's of clearly, things. like, he like, keeps his war animals close on hand. So, like, there's obvious, like, oppression still happening. Yes. And, like, the, the mm-hmm. thing is, is like, the, a, perf- a perfect utopian society is actually a society in which your people's needs are met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a society in which everybody is equal. In which, mm-hmm. if I get a little communist here, little workers own the means of production and are capable Mm. of like Mm -hmm. creating their like generating their own success Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i I, like i don't know i i feel like part of the thesis of this movie could have been like there is no such thing as perfection if your needs are not being Mm -hmm. met like there's no perfect society if you were not supporting each other, mm-hmm. if you were not uh, meeting the needs of your people. Because I, right, I think right. that there could have just been, like, a very interesting dichotomy of, like, how the high evolutionary view is leading. And that is, like, mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. changing the very being of the people who are who you are leading mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. someone else who is saying, actually that's not how you lead a lead a people that's not how you create a society how you create a society is by supporting each other by making sure everybody's needs are met by making sure that everyone is Mm -hmm. safe happy healthy like that's how you Mm -hmm. that's how you create an equitable society not this crazy mastermind spent more time on nowhere because nowhere is uh, this base camp, and they're still getting set up. Guardians and of the Galaxy headquarters. Not refugee isn't the word I'm looking for. Yeah, and like there's other people who aren't guardians hanging out, who live yeah. there and spend time there. So if we had that, there is an opportunity for what you're talking about. If we had seen the guardians or Nebula, because that's what she ends up wanting to do. If we had seen Nebula doing that, mm-hmm. we could have had those two parallels, which I yeah. think would have been. A way more interesting theme at this point because we have exceeded right. the point where these characters these characters are no longer you know doing jobs around the universe they are committed to nowhere yeah um they're building their society there so like you said we really could have had that parallel between nebula and the high evolutionary unfortunately we did not get that yeah i think that would have been a very very interesting thing to explore Mm -hmm. or even nebula learning that lesson through watching uh, an authoritarian dictator because like 
I don't, you know, she's not subtle. She's she's very strict, and I think her learning to be a good leader would have been a good a good move. And I mean, I think here's the thing. I think that Nebula is a good leader, and I think that mm-hmm. her moment of growth was in realizing everybody has different strengths. Because she, yeah, she yeah. F- her argument with Drax and yeah. Mantis to say that was really to good. say that both of them are useless to the team is completely false mantis mantis mm-hmm, is like mm-hmm. he's funny he makes us laugh okay that's right yes but he's also like a very strong fighter on your team like that is <laughs> he's your muscle yeah, he is yeah your, your, he's your tank uh, with yes. group um which i guess is like when everybody on the team is a good fighter like that's less of like a prominent thing to need mm-hmm. um and mantis mantis's ability to literally it's manipulate so anybody is so important mm-hmm. and so freaking yeah. like valuable to say that she does nothing is also yeah she's also a decent me. fighter yeah she's a very very good fighter so to mm-hmm. but nebula is so caught up in her own grief and her own failures that she instead of Mm -hmm. internalizing that and being like oh this is where i went wrong she points to other people first and so that that's really what that argument yeah i will say um mantis's final line in that argument or she was defending drax and she was like he's the only one here who doesn't hate himself i was like oh that one that cut deep that dad that was yeah that was really deep. Was like, and yikes. Yeah, you really you really put the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to have him forget the whole conversation was kind of smart. <laughs> he was starting yeah. to feel self-doubt because of what Nebula was saying to him. Um, and because they both were kind of like, he's so stupid. The full circle moment for Nebula that's good is when she realizes that like, he's really good with the kids and because she's really good with the kid he's really good with the like that's his strength right Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. and she even asks him to stay on nowhere to help with the kids because yeah he was born to be a father yeah which that got me because i kind of because i dislike drax so much I forgot that he was a father. His wife yeah. and child died. So whenever yeah. in the movie, when he was talking to the kids, when he was like, you know what my daughter really loved? That that got me a little. I was like, oh, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I forgot that that's like a very large part of your backstory is that your family was murdered. Yeah. By uh, Thanos. Now it's come back to me. I remember that now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, big detour to go back to i liked rocket's full circle moment of being back on Mm. the high evolutionary ship seeing all of the Mm -hmm. animals seeing the cage of the baby raccoons Mm -hmm. and um, and immediately being like i need to save them and saves the raccoons yeah and then and he opens the cage and he's like oh my god because the whole thing for the last three movies is like what are you a raccoon i'm not a raccoon and he opens that and he realizes oh my god i am a raccoon okay so this is what i was talking about do you whenever i heard that in the past i thought that was him like rejecting it because my line of thinking for rocket was like i have been so like tinkered with like i people have corrupted me so much i am no longer a raccoon and then the way that this movie played it did he not know he was a raccoon i don't i genuinely don't think he knew i from the beginning genuinely because he always that he did not know that he was like what's a raccoon what's a trash panda okay i think that he genuinely did not know what a raccoon was and that he didn't know that he was one okay because the only person who has animals like that is the high evolutionary is peter well no mm. who has the animals is the high evolutionary and peter yeah, has yeah. experience with those animals because he is from earth i think like rocket mm-hmm. spent a lot of time on earth so you at, like during like the events of Endgame. so mm-hmm. i think you can argue that he should have figured out what a raccoon is 
at that mm-hmm. point, but he did not. Um, right. So, I like, you can argue that he could have and that he's just continuing the bit, but I, I think you can also right. argue that, like, he still just didn't... He never didn't realize he was a yeah. raccoon. That got... I was surprised by that. Um, but continue. He... This scene where he's rescuing... Yeah, he... Re- he just armfuls of the little hands of the little and then he has he has his like he has his uh moment with the high evolutionary and then everybody comes through and is like yo uh and they all fight him together and i i really liked that because sometimes i i kind of genuinely it depends it depends on the character, mm-hmm. but 80% of the time, I hate it when, like, no, 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 they have to fight this battle by themselves. Oh. <laughs> so I kind of really like that. I'm a sucker for that. I'm the opposite. I, it depends on the character. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And usually mm-hmm, I hate mm-hmm. it because I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> right. That's right. stupid. Right. If you have a whole team of backup, why are you Just on the use, wings? Use the backup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's like how I I feel about that. But so I was I really like that in this one it was actually like the entire team comes through and is like we're gonna fight. And then like, right. okay like we got and they're all like we gotta go we got we got everybody off the ship and Rocket's like no we did not we have to save all these mm-hmm. animals. Yeah, and I really like that because and the team didn't argue. No, the team did not argue. But earlier in in the movie mm-hmm. they during this escape plan they had very specifically said yeah we have to save all of the beings yeah. of higher higher like brain capabilities or whatever um higher brain function yeah yeah and i was like oh my god you're gonna kill all these animals mm-hmm. i was i guess like i guess you have to prioritize right. but rocket was like absolutely not right. like the these animals were mm-hmm. us before so we have to save mm-hmm. them all and they save them all yeah they do it. they do it and then peter does the stupidest thing that i've ever seen in my entire life yeah, okay, so let's get, let's talk ending, let's ca- talk character wrap-up, because first I want to ask you, how do you feel about the bait-and-switch that Rocket survived? I feel fine about it. Um, I yeah. didn't want him to I, die, I think that's, that's... quite frankly. I, I, di- I didn't want him to die. Yeah. I, I like Rocket as a character. I think it would have been a really mm-hmm. bad idea to kill Rocket because... Yeah. Uh, I, I think it just would have been a really bad idea because he's so likable as a character and mm-hmm. there's so much more to his story to be told because we didn't get a lot of it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. we got a lot of it in this one, but yeah, this was the first time we got so much of him. Mm-hmm. So I, I was fine. I agree. Um, I was relieved. I felt a little scammed, like a little, like, like... I fell for mm-hmm. it when he came back. When they were the buildup, when he is in the like between place and he sees his lab friends for the first time, and I was like, "This raccoon is gonna live to the end of the movie." <laughs> That's when it hit me. I was like, "He's not dying." Oh, yeah, um, which I was had for, and like I teared up too whenever he got to see his friends again mm-hmm. because like he got to see his friends again. That's really sweet. Anyways, um, I'm I'm also relieved Rocket survived, even if I felt a little hoodwinked. And then, so, Peter goes back, Peter he does the dumbest stunt you've ever seen, and this was when I thought they were writing out Chris Pratt. I was so excited. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've made it, I, I don't think I've hidden the fact that I don't like Chris Pratt. So I was like, if, right. if he can be written off of this, and I never have to see his face again, I will be so excited. And I thought he was for I also, sure I thought die. that's what he wanted. I thought... I thought he wanted out of this franchise. I mean... So when, when he goes back, and he goes back for the music player. Stupid. His music player falls out of his pocket. Stupid. Um, <laughs> um, and then he goes back, grabs it, and he does the, the run and jump through space. The, the bridge dissolves, so he is in... He's in air, mm-hmm. uh, he's in outer space, and humans can't do that, so on and so forth. That was the moment I was like, oh, so Rocket's not gonna die. They let, like, they let us mm-hmm. on, but Chris, but Star-Lord is. Yeah. And then what happened? And then freaking Adam came and saved the day, because there was a little, like, internal plot with him about, like, yeah. oh, everybody needs a second chance, and this was, like, his, like, oh my god, I'm gonna, this is my second chance, I'm yeah. gonna come and do this. Um... Yeah. 
so yeah, and uh, I, I think I think that it, there was a missed opportunity. I think that what should have happened was that Gamora went out there and saved her, saved him. Because I think that that's what I was. I expecting. think that would have been a good parallel to the first movie, mm-hmm. and I think it would have bridged. Mm. Kind, I did not bridged it, but like. Gamora was, you know, warming up to the team and being a part of the team at that point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would have been like this very good full circle moment for her because she doesn't remember Peter doing that for her, but she's doing it for him right. in this moment. So I, I wish they had done that, mm-hmm, but they mm-hmm. didn't. And that's fine. It's whatever. Um, right. And that's kind of like my only, you know, note for that bit. Um, and then, and then... Peter decides that he's going back to Earth and Nebula decides that she is going to focus on nowhere and uh, Mm -hmm. Mantis is like, I've done what other people have wanted for my entire life. I'm going to go and live my own life and Drax is going to like help the, all of these new orphaned children yeah. on, on the planet. Um, and Rocket... Mantis surprised me just because I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it. And once she, like, explained it, I was like, yeah, obviously go do whatever you want and live your life. I just, that was not on my bingo card no, at all. No, it wasn't. But I, but I liked it. I liked that she is going to have her, for own, her, some adventures her, her own situation for a little bit. Um, and Rocket is like, what do you mean? Like, the, this is it? It's just over now? And they mm-hmm. all salute him as captain. Peter tells yeah, him yeah. that, like, no, you're the guardian captain yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Well, Peter, and yeah. I, I did like them all saluting. And I thought, I thought that was very like great and full circle and very beautiful, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, like, the final, the final shot of the movie is like, it is Rocket and Groot and um, mm-hmm. what's his name? Sean Gunn. What's his? Oh, I can't remember his Kirk? name. And I closed the, Not eye, Kirk. the tab. Kirk is... I think that's his Gilmore... I do think I do this every time. I think he's Kirk in Gilmore <laughs> Girls, and I literally never remember what his name is in in this. He's such a... He's a, he's a fun character. He's a great we do character. this every he's movie. He's one of my favorites, but I literally do this every movie. always do this. Uh-uh. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it's him, and, and it's one of the, like, the kids... But grown up, elf. crackle. Um, I, I, I just like. Uh, what? Here's my thought. Here's my thought. Right. In a world where AI is like so, is like growing and growing and growing. And these actors are not even present on set. They're just doing VO. Not VO, but, like, they're doing the voice acting somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. I can't remember if Vin Diesel is on set at all, but I don't think he is. And I doubt Bradley Cooper's on set with these guys. Like, where is mm-hmm. the performance of the actor? And I'll, far be it for me to say that, like, voice acting is not acting. Voice acting is acting. It's a different mm-hmm. kind of acting, but it is acting. But they're not, like, they're not on set. They're not on set. And they're not doing things mm-hmm. with the other actors who are on set. And right. I just... I just have to think about, like, where is the performance? What What is happening here? Like, where is the... Where's the artist? Are you talking about the the movie overall or the end? Here, I am talking about the movie overall. I'm talking. Oh, okay, because I thought you're st- I thought you're still talking specifically about the end. Because I what I want to say along this line, um, but is it? Yeah, is, most of the team at the end are like not not human, right? They're like animal types. Oh, you're talking about the cutscene. No, I'm talking. Go back. Go back. I'm talking about the final scene with our original guardians. Okay. Um. My bone to my bone to pick is Groot's final line and how bad it oh, was. Yes, it was Vin Diesel saying Groot's first full sentence, which 
I love you guys. It one, it sounded bad. The audio sounded weird. It's was a fully formed, like articulate sentence, which is not like in my head, if Groot was gonna say word new words, they would sound like a little hesitant or something. And all I needed, the, all it had to be was we are Groot. All it had to be was we are Groot. One more time. And they made him say that? My roommate who like watches the Fast and Furious franchises, she was like, it sounded like they just cut the audio from a fast movie and put it in right there. And I was Honestly, like, yeah, kind that's of. kind of what it sounded like. It was so bad. And I'm really mad that that's the, the final line of the movie. Other thing, kind of just last thing about Gamora, her ending is she goes back to the Ravagers. Yeah. You can tell Peter wants her to stay. Um, but he knows not to ask. Like, he knows the answer is going to be no. Um, so he doesn't Peter ask. Peter like to stand She's on. She's like, He's I bet you guys leaving. had... What? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's why he didn't ask. Um, but anyways, she goes back to the Ravagers, and one of the things he says way earlier in the movie, he's like, you're looking for a family, blah, 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 to, like, you know, bring her back, bring her back. Um, and when she gets on board with the Ravager ship, she's home. She, Sylvester Stallone greets her, and you can tell that, like, this Gamora has found her family. She's with the Ravagers, and it's great. So I liked that for her. I liked that, that twist. Yeah, that was good. No, sorry, I was getting Mm -hmm. into this whole thing where I was just thinking about, like, oh my god, like, they're not, like, I, I don't know, it's just, I think it's, like, interesting to have these characters who are there, and they're not there, and, like... I think it's going to be the only one, in my opinion, the only actor who's going to have a really, quote unquote, easier time with it is Vin Diesel. He doesn't try, even though I love you guys, he doesn't try very hard with the I Am Groots. Um, Bradley Cooper definitely has more um, stakes in the game. I don't know what you call it. Because like Rocket is a big role. He has lines. He has emotional depth and, you know, an interior. Like, we spent this whole movie on that. Um, and who else was the main the main CG character in the new Guardians? There's a kid. Oh, it was the dog. There's, oh, there's my God, Sean it was the dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that one is, is there. <laughs> yeah, he's not on set. You know? Sorry, I Which was just double-checking that Bradley Cooper's not on set. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Sean Gunn where, is the suit for both Groot and Rocket? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And they don't even get a puppet. Like, something for, like, a physical object for the actors to interact with. But I guess the CG... They have enough money for the CG. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, the dog will also be an interesting voice acting choice, you know? Because, like... It has to, like, the, those lines have to go through a processor and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I... But we'll see. I think Vin Diesel's the only one who's going to get the easiest job if he chooses to stick around. But it's not even, knows? I don't know. Got to be an easy paycheck I just for have, I, I, I just consistently am just thinking about, like, the, like, obviously it's great to have, to be able to bring these types of characters to life. That's so fun and interesting and whatever, but, like... When you're when you are literally acting beside actual human beings, it's hard to take what the voice actors are doing seriously. Yeah, and I think that's practical effects. That's what it's called. That's what the the lack the dependency on CG CGI is is losing because like one of the things. You know, celebrities talk about it all the time. That was so fun about going on Sesame Street and The Muppet Show is you're interacting with a physical object. Like you, you hang out yeah. with Elmo, and you clearly you you're, you're seeing the behind the scenes. You're seeing the puppeteer, but like you're you're with an object, a thing to interact with, and I thought that is the hard yeah. part about what the um, the Guardians I are doing right now. I think that's why. It's like Pedro Pascal has talked about um, um, acting alongside baby Yoda in The Mandalorian, uh, Mm, or Grogu mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And he has said that, like, this puppet steals the show. Like, the people who... Oh, baby Yoda's a puppet. Baby Yoda is a puppet. So, like, the fact that this puppet is stealing the show and being, like, 
even though, like, I don't think that this thing has lines. Like, I don't think it talks. <laughs> but that they, like, to have it physically there with him helps. And, yeah, and, absolutely. Like, pup puppeteering of it is so authentic and works so well. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a lot of the charm of the show. And I think to take the, I don't know, mm. it's just like kind of a thought that like, it really only exists in these Marvel movies to think about like how these characters are working and like how, how, how they function. Um, mm -hmm. And ultimately, like, I, I really enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm just like, I, how are you gonna, at, at what point, actually, this is, the, this is the thought. At what point does the movie just become an animated movie? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. If all of your characters, yeah. if the majority of your characters are CGI animated and the majority of your mm -hmm. actors are voice acting mm -hmm. and even some of the human actors on set are partially CGI'd, at what point are you just oh, yeah, yeah. an animated movie? Hyper-realistic mm -hmm. animated movie, but an animated movie. Right, yeah. Because I would argue that The Lion King, the remake animated movie, those were all CGI lions. Yeah, that was that was that was definitely a an animated, or at least that's what I always considered. But it. it's it's live a there it's was more... live action because it looks real. Oh right, live action, but it's but fake they're lions. all fake lions. Stop. I get it. It's just whole CGI. Yeah. Everything was CGI. Yeah. So that I don't know. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it, it, it was just some thoughts or Jungle Book. Just some thoughts that I had mm -hmm. about that aspect. Um. I have like one final thought that I want to end on. Did okay. you have anything else I to think, say? I think. That... Not that I can think of. Okay. Yeah. What 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 you got? I. I near about died in the theater when Florence and the Machine started playing. <laughs> and I was watching it, the whole thing, and I was like, do... Because usually, usually what happens in these kinds of scenes is that the people in the scene don't know what, the, what music is playing. They, like, play another right. song that might have, like, similar beats or whatever... But I was like, I don't think any of them are aware that what is playing is Florence and the Machine because the way they are dancing is not for Florence oh, and the Machine. Yeah. And and just right, also right. tonally, like I fully understand That one was a surprise. I actually really understand moving from like the eighties that Peter grew up with mm -hmm. to the early to not early thousand but like the, to the you know, more modern music. Is it the thousands? It's the thousands. Yeah. Um, the, to the more modern music that Rocket must have picked up while on Earth and that he likes mm -hmm. more, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that shift tonally because that makes sense. Okay, we're passing the mantle. The, that means the, the genre and, and the, the music is going to change. Mm-hmm. But to choose right. Florence and the Machine... <laughs> I I thought I was like having an out of body experience. I just didn't <laughs> I, like I really didn't expect it and I felt mm -hmm. like it was so jarring. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting choice. I w because I think the Guardians franchise is really defined by its soundtrack. Like I knew going oh, yeah. in like we were going to have a this was going to have a great soundtrack. Yeah. And I was not my favorite soundtrack of the Guardians. No, starting um, with Creep movies. was definitely a choice, but it was, I think, a good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then it ended with Florence, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> fully out of it. I'm so fully out of it. It was so insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> did not go where I was really expecting did not. It really did not. Um, anyway... Those were our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think that was the best Guardians episode we've ever done because we weren't, like, trying to sugarcoat anything for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was also because it was we one we enjoyed. 
yeah we 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 did obviously yeah. i feel like the mo- most of the stuff that i said i was like these are things i well actually no i said a lot of stuff that i liked but there were lots of things that i was like i don't get this this was weird i didn't like this um yeah yeah are we we were able to it wasn't i was no we, we were just able to talk about both of those things yeah um and then i thought this was just it was a really good ending to the franchise yeah. I, I, the whole Star-Lord will return, no idea what that means. I'm going to really hope it's a title passed and not Chris Pratt well, coming like, back. Because he's not the guardian I want back. I kind of, it was like, kind of like how at the end of Thor, it was like the mighty Thor will return. And Chris Hemsworth was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is Rocket Star-Lord now? No, I don't like, think Rocket is Star-Lord now. He's not. Rocket's not Star-Lord. He is um, Rocket So I don't Raccoon know what's going now. on there. He is. Which is great. Um, but overall, I thought this was a really nice tie to the franchise. Yeah. It's It felt done. It yeah. felt packaged. It felt good. Yeah. I don't want more. I, I, <laughs> I don't I might, want more. I might want more with different people. Mm-hmm. I like Nebula. I like Nebula. I'd like to see Gamora in her new life. But I, I th- it sounds like that's that part of what we're going to... I don't think we're going to see any of that in the future. So I don't know. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to shake out. All I know is that we'll find out. We'll be with you till the end of the line. You can follow me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pat. You can follow Lily at Lily underscore Ruga. And you can follow the podcast AM Fangirls. You can also you can also check out our website, earthsmithfangirls.com. And you can email us at emfangirls at gmail.com. Are y'all as shocked as us that we actually liked a Guardians movie? Um, <laughs> let us know. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. If you like this episode, if you want to hear from us more, uh, you know, it would be really, really great. If I mean, you're going to hear from us more no matter what, but it would be really fun and cool mm-hmm. if you would like leave a review on our podcast uh our pages or rate us and all of that stuff too would help us out mm-hmm. thank you to dexter Britton for letting us use their song wonderland and thanks to us for editing and producing Bye.